for some more stories about Jesus? Well, as you know, Jesus traveled from city to city and town to town in Galilee, preaching, teaching, and healing all who believed in him. One day, he began to scold the people in the cities where he performed his greatest miracles because the people wouldn't repent. He said, if all these miracles I've been performing here were performed for people in more wicked cities than these, even they would repent. It will be better for them when they are judged because at least they would believe in me and repent. Christ then prayed to Heavenly Father with gratitude and said, Thank you for hiding your truth from those who think they are wiser and better than everyone else. And thank you for giving your wonderful truth to those who are like little children ready to listen and learn of me. Jesus then taught the people that he had been given all power and strength from Heavenly Father, and that if they sought to know Jesus, then they would know Heavenly Father. And if they wanted to know Heavenly Father, then they would choose to know Jesus better. Christ then invited all people to come to him. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Put my yoke upon yourselves and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, since my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know what a yoke is? A yoke is a wooden beam-looking thing that has two loops for the necks of two animals. When farmers want to use the strength of two animals, usually oxen, To work together to pull really heavy weights, they'll put a yoke around both animals' necks. If the oxen pull or work at the same time, then the yoke will spread both of their efforts across the entire beam and use the strength of both animals to pull something heavy. Did you know that one oxen can pull a weight close to its own body weight? but that two oxen yoked together can pull up to three times their total weight? And also, if two well-trained oxen work together and listen to the words of their master, they can sometimes pull up to ten times their combined weight for short stretches of time? Isn't that incredible? Well, some of us right now are pulling what feels like really heavy weights around. You might feel like you have a heavy heart or a heavy mind or are going through something really difficult that feels like a weight on your chest. Well, when Christ invites us to come to him and to put on his yoke and to learn of him, it's not because he wants us to add more weight to the burden we are already carrying. Here's another interesting fact about yokes. Often, oxen masters will pair an older, stronger ox 
with a younger, smaller, weaker ox. Even though they're yoked together, the stronger one is the one who pulls most of the weight. And the master knows this, but he also knows that pairing a younger, weaker ox with an older, bigger, stronger one will help the younger one learn how to do its work and how to work well. So when Christ invites us into his yoke with him, who do you think will do the heavy pulling when we are too weak to do it ourselves? Christ does. He tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Doesn't that sound like a nice yoke to enter into? Instead of trying to pull the heavy weights that life puts on you all by yourself? I think so. You might be wondering how to enter into Christ's yoke. Well, he tells us himself. We can enter into his yoke by learning of him through prayer and scripture study and by trying to live as he lived. We can repent every day and try to be a little better, a little kinder, and a little slower to anger. And he promises that as we try to do these things, we will find rest to our souls. The heavy weights we feel that we are pulling won't seem so heavy anymore. Now, let's hear another story about Christ. Do you remember that one time after Christ cast out an evil spirit from a man, the Pharisees and scribes said that he himself must be evil if he can command evil spirits that they obey him? And Christ taught them that only one stronger than Satan can command Satan to do anything? Well, one time in response to the Pharisees, Christ taught them that men and women can be forgiven for all and any sins if they repent. But there is one sin that can never be forgiven, and that is the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. I'll explain what this means in a moment. Christ asked the Pharisees to make the tree good and his fruit good, or make the tree corrupt and the tree's fruit corrupt. This means to either recognize that Christ was a good man going around doing good things, or he was an evil man going around doing evil things, instead of saying that he was an evil man who just so happened to be doing good things, like casting out devils or healing people and teaching about Heavenly Father. Well, some scribes came to Christ and said, Master, it is written in the scriptures that every sin of man or woman will be forgiven. But you say that whoever speaks against the Holy Ghost will never be forgiven. How is that possible? Let me here explain to you what the phrase means to deny the Holy Ghost. It means to have a complete, full, bright knowledge of Christ and Heavenly Father and who they are. Of Heavenly Father's plan for his children and of all the beauties and truths that are available to us, and then to turn around and deny it all. It is to say, I know who Christ is, and I know what he has done for me, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that he is the Savior and Redeemer, but I still reject him and his gospel. This is a sin that can never be forgiven, even after we die. Not many people in mortality will ever sin to this terrible degree, but we must watch our hearts so that we will never get to this point. Well, Christ taught the scribes that people's bodies and minds are like houses that can hold either an evil, wicked spirit or the Holy Ghost. 
He said, when a person repents and an unclean or wicked spirit has been kicked out of that person, the spirit will wander around through desert places looking for rest, but it won't be able to find any anywhere to stay if that person who has repented invites the Holy Ghost into the house where the evil spirit used to live. But when a person speaks against the Holy Ghost, he kicks the Holy Ghost out of his body, and the evil spirit looking for a place to rest will say to itself, Oh, I will return to the house or the man that I just left. And once it returns, it will find that the house or the person is empty and has room for the evil spirit to stay, since the Holy Ghost isn't coming back anytime soon. So the evil spirit will go back into the house and will bring with it even seven other spirits. And it will be so much worse for the person with eight evil spirits inside himself or herself than in the beginning when there was just one. This is why it is so important to fill our bodies and minds with God's light and all his good and beautiful things, especially when we are trying to keep evil things out of our lives. Well, at another time, some scribes and Pharisees came to Christ and said, Master, we would like to see a sign from you as proof of who you are. Isn't it interesting that all of Christ's miracles and teachings weren't enough proof for the scribes and Pharisees of who Jesus was? Well, Christ answered and said, Oh, people who seek out signs are adulterous and wicked. He meant that sign seekers are also people who live wicked and moral lives by treating men or women who are not their husband and wife as if they were their husband and wife. It is a shameful thing to do. Christ then said, I will not give you any signs except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Just like Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days and three nights, the son of man, who is me, will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights too. And even though the people of Nineveh were so wicked, they chose to repent after hearing Jonah's teachings about me. And now that a prophet greater than Jonah is here, not even you will believe me. And even though the queen of Sheba, who lived in the south, chose to live in a way that was displeasing to me, even she recognized that Solomon was a great prophet and traveled so very far to hear his wisdom and teachings of me. And now that someone greater than Solomon is here, you still refuse to listen to me. While Christ was talking to the scribes and Pharisees, his mother Mary and some of his brothers stood outside of the crowd, wanting to speak to him. A messenger said to Christ, Your mom and brothers are here, and they want to speak to you. Christ answered him and said, Who is my mom? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and followers and said, Look, here is my mom and my brothers. Whoever will do what Heavenly Father asks him or her to do is my brother or sister or mother. Christ taught this to Christ. Christ taught this to say that we can all live with him again as family if we try with all our hearts and strength to obey Heavenly Father. One day as Christ was speaking, a Pharisee asked him if he would come dine with him, and Christ said yes. When Christ sat down at the table, the Pharisee was concerned that Christ hadn't cleaned himself up before dinner. 
Christ said to him, Oh, you Pharisees are so concerned with looking good on the outside, but on the inside you are full of wickedness. You are all fools. Don't you know that the same person who made the outside of your body also made your inside? If you would just keep the commandments and be generous to those less fortunate than yourselves, then would your insides be clean and pure too. But, ugh, woe to you. In case you didn't know, woe means danger or misery. So Christ said, woe or warning unto you Pharisees. You take unnecessary money from the poor and have no concern for God's love for all. Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you love the highest seats in the synagogues and fancy showy greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You'll be like graves that have no headstones, so the men that walk over you don't even know you're below. Then one of the lawyers that was at dinner, too, spoke up and said, Hold on a minute, master. If you're saying these harsh things to the Pharisees, then you're also saying harsh things to us lawyers. Christ turned to him and said, Yes, woe unto you lawyers, since you put heavy burdens on the people that are really hard to bear, but you don't lift one finger to help them out. Woe unto you, since you build the tombs of the prophets, even though your own fathers killed the prophets. By your words and actions, you are proving that you are okay with your fathers having killed the prophets, since you are here rejecting even me. Heavenly Father said, I will send prophets and apostles to the Israelites, and some of the Israelites will kill and persecute them. So they will be held accountable for these evil deeds against the prophets. Yes, woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away from the Israelites the key of knowledge, which is the beauty and truth of the scriptures. You don't live according to the truth in the scriptures, and you even try to stop those who do try to live according to those truths. Well, as you can imagine, the scribes, Pharisees, and lawyers were all pretty upset with Christ for what he was saying, and they tried so hard to trap him in his words so that they could accuse him of evil and get him in trouble. Well, that's the end of our story for today. I hope you learned many great and important things. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye! Goodbye!